Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's up, everybody? Halfway through the hump day show, which means you're more than halfway through your hump day. Congratulations. It's practically the weekend. Uh, a couple of things that are out there today. Actually, actually, this is one of those days in sports where there's quite a few things out there. So Mike Grable spoke earlier. He didn't say a whole lot. He did say this. Roger Saffold is now in the concussion protocol. So Darrington Evans is in this, this limbo land where you come off the IR but they don't have to do anything or say anything. He's in this 21-day window. So he and Marcus Johnson and Brady Breeze all still in the window where they can practice, but they don't have to count against anything for the team. So Darrington Evans uh, off of IR in the 21-day return to practice, return to play protocol window. There you go. Uh, Mike Vrabel also said today, this came up about uh, – guarding receivers and it came up about the receivers not getting open I, I wrote this down he said titans wide receivers need to be more physical off the line in order to get more separation that was uh, one of the many quotes from rabel uh thought that was interesting um didn't see receivers at times getting a lot of separation in the game i guess a game against the colts somebody asking well, about that, that. that talked about me being saying that the bbs from the jets were being aggressive because they didn't fear them beating them deep did not well, fear the same them. <laughs> And he's supposed to be, remember, the youngest team in the NFL. They had young corners. First year guys. Bunch of guys you can't name. It, it, well, I, I can. But well, I know. Yeah, but like the average t- yeah. person would be like, yeah. uh, Darrell Rivas. I Rebus. remember in college, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, interesting notes there. A couple of additions to the practice squad yesterday. John Simon came back, not the running back from the early 2000s, but the outside linebacker <laughs> who spent the preseason here. Um, defensive lineman Karan Reed also. Simon had a sack against Tampa Bay in the preseason, made some plays, but but got cut loose. But he's back there, just really low on depth at outside linebacker. You can just plug him in. He knows your system. Heck, he was just here. Well, I mean, I'm getting a little more nervous then with Bud Dupree then. Me too. Yeah, with, with that being said, they, they maybe needs another week. Uh, uh, Karan Reed is a vet. He's one of these guys who you kind of talked about these guys before, how much you admire them. He's played for five teams in seven oh, seasons. The guys who just say, okay, I'm just going to, I'll just stay ready and somebody else will call, you know? Oh man. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't want to compare him, but it's like, you don't have a home. I mean, man, you just keep bouncing around different people's, you know, family members in your family just to you know, have a house. But, uh, yeah, that, that's tough living there, man. At some point. You know, it, that time is going to run out, and uh, you know it's coming. But it keeps you going, and it keeps you inspired and motivated, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so some guys can, you know, live that way. But for me personally, that wouldn't have been my stick. No right. Way. Blaine Bishop and Associates uh, State Farm Agency would be uh, yeah, selling us all the life and home like, policy okay, right now. I see the writing on the wall. This is not my cup of tea. I'm just a- <laughs> Security blanket with about like five guys get injured at safety. Right, <laughs> so, come on down, Blaine. What you been doing? You been working out? Nope, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm working out to look. I look the part, but I'm right. definitely not in football shape. <laughs> no way. Uh, the other topic, and some people have called in. They've weighed in on the uh, Zone TV chat. We got a bunch of tweets about it. Uh, do you like if you're if you're just getting your car? Maybe you've been working. You've got life that's been happening. Tennessee is going to wear black uniforms against South Carolina. So black pants, black jerseys, uh, orange numbers. They will wear white helmets, but they're putting a black outline on the tee, a black face mask, black stripes on either side of the orange. Jason Swain tweeted this earlier. The plan was to have an alternate helmet, but because of supply chain issues, it crushed the plan for the black helmet. Every avenue was explored. And this is Swain. He says, kudos to the equipment team. 
for modifications to the white helmet to make it work. So we asked, do you like this? Do you not like it? Rick in Hendersonville called on the Mark Spain hotline. was kind enough to hold to the break. Rick, black uniforms on the big orange, yes or no? Oh, absolutely no. <laughs> the only color that goes with black is silver. That's it. Black and red is terrible. Oh. Black and orange, you're going to look like a bunch of pumpkins. I know it's Halloween. <laughs> but I would I would much rather them take a uh, viewpoint of the ladies and go out in a, as uh, Orgeron said, sissy baby blue jerseys with the orange and white. White pants, that thick orange Tennessee stripe down the side, trimmed out in the baby blue, then have a baby blue jersey with the orange and white highlights. I think black sucks. <laughs> Rick, thank well, tell you. us how you really feel. <laughs> Known fashion designer, Rick and Henderson. <laughs> Hey, man, there's a bunch of people like Rick who are sitting at home mad about this right now. Oh, yeah. They, They're mad. Yeah, they, they had to leave work right now. I like that Rick had a, had a plan, though. It wasn't just, I don't like these. He had, a, he had an alternate plan for the uniforms. Here's the thing, though. Did you like his alternate plan? I don't know. I don't know if I'm a fan of the baby blue, orange, and white mix. Here's the thing, though. Don't just complain. I was a real estate broker for a long time, and if an agent came in the door, hey, man, I got this, this, this one side. Okay, okay, I get it. It went sideways. Okay, give me some solutions. You can't just come in here and throw the problem at me. Do you have any solutions? Rick came with a solution, right? Rick came with a solution. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say this, and this, and Larry in White Bluff wants to chime in on uh, the phone as well. I told you I got one rule hard and fast. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. What's your rule? You can have you can have you can have alternate uniforms. You can pick specific games to wear them. You can do that. Um, maybe you know. Well, for people who wonder, why do teams do that? It's for recruiting. That's it. It's for recruiting. Now, they can sell some, yes, but it's more for recruiting than anything else. It's something flashy and cool. The recruits come in. They got all the uniforms on mannequins and stuff, and they prominently display them, and they get to take pictures in whichever version of the uniform they want. That's all for recruiting. Yeah, my only 17 to 21-year-olds are yes. now 22 yeah. these days. My, my only rule is this. When you play in a big, big game, wear your traditional uniform. When you like you, if you're the Vols and you play in Bristol, you know, if you're in, if you're Ball State and you make a bowl game or Arkansas State, you make a bowl game. That's the biggest game you're probably going to play. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, I don't know um, who Miami and um, who played Miami or uh, first week of the season. Miami, Florida State. Let's Miami, say. yeah. Wear your traditional uniforms because there's always going to be pictures and accounts and records of that game. And what you don't want to do is look back in 10 years and go, why did we wear that for that game? Because we won that game. We were on Sports Center. We got all this coverage because it was our one big game, and we wore this dumb alternate uniform trying to be. Well, cool. If it was on Sports Center, then you want all those young kids to see it. But I want to, for that, though. <laughs> they for played my, Alabama, by for the way. My big, there you go. There you go. For my biggest game, though, your biggest games, wear your bread and butter uniform. Because you're going to have recruits at the game. You're going to send them pictures. You're going to be in correspondence. Look at what we wore on Thursday night against, yeah. against well, South Alabama. We don't want to have you talking to any athletic departments, ADs, man, because they're going to be wearing all traditional stuff. Huh? 
<laughs> Board big games. games. Big hey, games. Man. Yeah, man. So we got to keep you away from them. No, man. <laughs> well, don't, don't worry. No, nobody's calling me to be an AD, so you're, you're in good shape. Uh, Jerry in White Bluff is calling, though, to weigh in about the jerseys. What's going on, Jerry? What hey, there. Thanks, thanks for taking the call. I had to turn the radio down. Okay. Yeah, man. You there? Yes, yes. sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I'm call- You know, this ain't a, a new idea with uh, uniforms. They, uh, of course, remember the smoky colored ones on their butts. Ooh, yeah. Smoky colored uniforms. And, and I kind of said, yeah, you know, that's kind of cool. I, I, that's all right. But black, you know who else wears black? South Carolina. Oh. And <laughs> I, I know uh, I, I don't want to be duped here or nothing, though, so I'm going to say, heck to the heck, no. I don't oh. like the black. <laughs> All right, it, it's a no from Jerry. Jerry, we appreciate the phone oh. call. All uh, because South Carolina has black, black in their, in their uniform. uniform. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if 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 not, it would have been okay. I guess that's what he's saying. Yeah. Nick in Lebanon wants to weigh in on the jerseys on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Hey, Nick, what you got, mm-hmm. man? Come on. Yes, sir. Yes, Nick, you're on. All right. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I love the black and orange. I love it. I absolutely love it. All we need is a Alka-Seltzer pill, like on the Little Giants, to put a little Halloween vibe in the game. But I love it. I absolutely love it. But it doesn't matter to the, to the point of the uniforms. We're just going to win anyway. we got to put a little spice in the game. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I think people are going to be divided. I think more people will like them than don't. I think the people who don't like them, by the way, we got a, a tweet from on the, you can follow us at, on Twitter at Blaine and Mickey. If you're so inclined, cousin Shane Mack on Twitter says, tell <laughs> Rick, hell no on the baby blue and orange. <laughs> I didn't think people would take that. Well. I think that would get some strong um, feeling responses, uh, maybe stronger than black. Here's the thing. Probably more people than not are going to like it. The guys and the gals and the people who don't like it they're no matter what it was, they wouldn't like it. If it wasn't a white helmet with an orange stripe and an orange tee and, you know, some combination of a solid orange jersey and white pants or orange and orange or white and orange, whatever, they're just not going to like it. But you got to remember, it's not for you. It's not for you. Guess what I know they will like about it. What's that? As long as they win, everybody's happy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all they care about. At the end of the day, they're going to love you. You remember those uniforms? We put that whooping. Mm-hmm. They're going to love that. Now, you losing those things? Ooh, they be like, don't ever wear those things again, Lucas. Lucas, Lucas wanted them. He recommended them years ago. That's why people started saying, stop checkering Nealon. Just stop because they could barely win. They did it once. They beat Florida checkering Nealon. That was it. Hey, man. Well, that, that first sports is all everywhere, man. That first checkering Nealon had the world on fire. That was, they nailed that. But you lose in, in, in funny uniforms, and people get peeled yeah, Don't real ever quick. do that. That'll get the AD fired. <laughs> hey, he can always say, hey, man, I'm going to pick the uniform. I'm picking the uniform. All custom uniforms, really? Coach going to get fired before the AD. <laughs> so he controls all, okay. Hey, man, I'll pick uniforms. What about and the coach recommended? I just did what he did. Well, well you had to approve of it, though, didn't you? Right. He didn't cross my desk. I hate him. <laughs> 
Jordan Dejani with NFL headlines next. In the last segment, I know Daniel James. We got people on the phones. Jordan Dejani said to join us next to uh, talk some NFL. We'll try to sneak back to the phones real quick when we come back, though. Before Jordan, it's Blaine and Mickey, one hundred four five, the zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So do you like uh, a lot of people weighing in on the Zone TV chat um, uh, about these black? That's your favorite deal, jerseys. You I, love I jerseys. Love uniforms. By the way, the Packers are going to wear all green with yellow numbers. And I know people. some people are hating <laughs> on them. It's historical. At one point, they wore all green uniforms with gold numbers. That harkens back to their history. They're not like the Bumblebee Steeler uniforms, which were from their oh, history, which are so uh, bad. I'm sorry bad. if you're listening, Ramon. Bad I love bad. you, but those were so terrible. Well, I don't care if you're listening. That was ugly. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. Hey, they were at Color Rush on Thursday night, though. I think. I think this Thursday night. The Rams and Seahawks. Are they wearing the color I rash? Think this, I think Seahawks are wearing that, you know, that aqua color. Oh, whatever. It's, whatever color that, 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 that is. Like. That they ain't trying to recruit anybody. That's just ugly for hey, us. But I, but I, I can see everybody, though. <laughs> easy to spot them. I can see it. Wreaks havoc on your TV tubes. Uh, Daniel in Lafayette wants to weigh in on the jerseys on the Mark Spain real estate hotline. Hey, Daniel, thanks for holding. Yeah, thank you, guys. I just wanted to say I think these jerseys are going to be slick. They're going to look clean. And Hopple is bringing fun back to Knoxville. I've been waiting for this for years. And I feel sorry for Luke Doty, Dottie. We're going to walk South Carolina like a dog at 11 o'clock. Go Vols, baby. Oh, man, he sounded like he's sound like he been hanging out with Smokey. <laughs> Daniel, I like it. You're going to come. Oh, hey, he's that, come you got to like you know, you know, stretch that out a little ways, man. So, yeah, yeah, don't get too pumped up too soon. No, run out pumped, of gas. no Daniel's not going to run out of gas. It's Wednesday, the middle of the afternoon. Oh, he's no. ready for Saturday at 11 or oh, noon. No. There is time if he's going to go to the game. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I ran out of gas. I did that one time. <laughs> Jordan to Johnny, he never runs out of gas. He joins us on the Mars Bay Real Estate Hotline. Jordan, how in the world are you doing on this Wednesday? I hope you guys are doing well. A lot of action going on in the NFL, but I think the headline from today is obviously these new black uniforms Tennessee's going to be donning. I'm excited. Okay. Uh-oh, you I know you're, you and Lucas are, are a couple of UT grads. Lucas is all in on them. Let's hear the Jordan to Johnny breakdown. Of the big orange and black. I like them if the kids like them. I, I don't no. care about the scheme. Oh, Lucas. What? <laughs> Come on. Jordan, forget. That we're going to mute Lucas. You jump on him. Like, <laughs> you, you still are a kid. Yes. <laughs> what, what do you think, Jordan? Yeah, so it's funny because I grew up in ACC country. So I grew up in Raleigh. I was a fan of the NC State Wolfpack. And they tinker with their uniforms seemingly every year now. So uh, yeah. I like those little uniform changes. I also have connections to University of Maryland. And, of course, they are like Oregon. They're always wearing different kind of uniforms. Mm. So I'm kind of a uniform head. I like changes like that. So when I made the decision to go to the University of Tennessee, it was kind of funny seeing the reactions to the smoky gray, and then they they wore those black uniforms once, and, and seeing how some of the, uh, I guess I should say older folk, were not fans of these changes. I thought it was pretty fascinating. But I got to tell you, man, I really like the look. I like rolling with the white helmets. I thought that looked pretty cool. They made some changes with the black outlining. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to upset a lot of people, but when I saw these Tennessee uniforms, I don't mean this in a negative way, but the first thought I had was, 
That's Oklahoma State. We are now Oklahoma State Cowboys taking the field with black unis and white helmets, okay? But I still like the look. I'm excited to see how they look at game time. Wait, 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 wait. You know, you're like the second person. I think a lot of other people are saying that. So I don't know a lot about Oklahoma State. So they wear usually black helmets, and that's why with a white helmet, the UT looks – because they're not the same colors. I mean, so – or do they look like the same colors? I guess they do have a little orange, huh? Yeah, so Oklahoma State, at least over the past couple of years, they've been more like an Oregon in the sense of they've worn a lot of different alternate uniforms and also alternate helmets. There's been black helmets, white helmets, gray helmets. Mm. And, in fact, there is a specific uniform combination they've used in the past where they rock black uh, pants, black jerseys, and white helmets. I actually sent a picture over to Lucas via text if you want to check it out. So that's, what, that's the first thought that popped into my head because I thought I'd seen them before. But, man, i got to tell you, I think they look sharp. Jordan Dejani, our guest. Uh, you ever seen an offensive lineman intercept his own team's screen pass before? You watch a lot of football. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think I've seen that, but it was pretty funny. I guess Roger Saffold wanted some action as a receiver, and he saw the ball coming toward him, and he knew it was a screen play. I guess he didn't, you know, have time to react, knowing Derek Henry was right behind him. But he took the ball, and the best part was he started to move upfield as if he was chasing for the first down. <laughs> well, you know, most of those guys probably played like running back at high school or fullback or something <laughs> back in the day, little leagues and so. Hey man, did you? They, I guarantee you, they laughed about that in the meeting room. The offensive lineman said, "Hey man, you saw my skills, right? You see me put my foot in the ground and get vertical real quick, and my hands. You know, I had them wrapped like I was a boxer, and I still grabbed that thing out the air." <laughs> they, yeah, they were laughing funny. about it. Yeah, it was funny too. It's like when Roger got tackled, he kind of was shaking his head, like he he was almost like, "What did you want me to do?" Like I know it's a penalty, <laughs> but the ball was thrown right into my gut. I'm not gonna bat it down. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna charge upfield. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, the crazy thing is Henry was uh, right behind him. If he'd gotten his hands on it, maybe maybe it would have been a decent gain. I know there was, I believe, a Jets linebacker who was who was sort of near the play and actually maybe got that shot at Saffold that he might not have gotten at Derrick Henry. Yeah, that was just a wild play. I guess sometimes in those screen passes, you know, things get discombobulated at the line of scrimmage. Wild play. I, I think a lot of people found joy in watching that, though. Well, that's about all that was working on Sunday in the past game was screen it. Uh, Jordan Dejani <laughs> joins us to talk Titans and all things NFL with uh, CBS Sports here on Blade & Mickey. Well, since we were talking about, you know, <laughs> the Steelers throwback jerseys, which are horrible, <laughs> How bad is Big Ben right now? Is Big Ben done? Ooh. Oh, man, yeah, it's kind of sad to see because he had such an esteemed NFL career, Super Bowl champion, one of the best quarterbacks uh, over the past decade or so, and it, it certainly looks like he's done. Now, I'll also mention that he's not getting a lot of help from the offensive line, but at the same time, he's definitely not the same gunslinger that he was earlier in his career, and a lot of people are lamenting that the Steelers did not have a backup plan coming into this year. But at the same time, I don't think he's necessarily a player who's meant so much to your franchise that you're going to bench in the middle of the season. And I'm not even saying that that's going to be the wrong move. I don't know what I would do if I were the Steelers at this, at this juncture. But they're going to have to game plan and adjust, not only in-game, but also pre-game in terms of what they want to do in dispersing the ball around, trying to keep not only Ben Roethlisberger upright, but also try to throw some throws in there that hopefully will make him a little bit more comfortable in terms of moving the chains. It's about adjusting. It's going to come down to the coaching staff at this juncture. Mm, man, 
I don't know, but this sure looks rough. Or maybe you could just wait till you're out and then uh, you have Aaron Rodgers there. Wink, wink, nod, nod, Tomlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what to say about Urban Meyer and everything going on there? Is he actually on the hot seat? A lot of people are saying that. I don't, I don't I think he's going to get one more, you know, strike before anything happens. But what do I know, man? Uh, or will this be a rallying cry for, for the Jags versus the Titans? This would be a rallying cry uh, if he had the backing of his locker room and the backing of his franchise. But from the reports we've seen so far, he, he doesn't have that credibility, right? We saw the reports from Michael Silver and, of course, guys like Ian Rappaport. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a disaster. Like uh, anyone who was holding out hope that Urban Meyer was going to change his franchise around, I don't think many people are optimistic at this point in time. And, you know, it made it even worse. I get that this is like a PR nightmare and no one is obviously, you know, saying what Urban Meyer was doing off the field was fine. But it was pretty interesting that the franchise did come to the conclusion that they needed to release a statement, that Shad Khan had to say something to the public. And what he said was pretty pointed in in the sense of, you know, Urban Meyer is now charged, our first year head coach, who has only coached four games, is now charged with earning not only the respect of the team, but also the respect of the front office back. That's a very pointed statement. That's not something you want to hear if you're a Jaguars fan in terms of you're holding out hope that this could be a potential rallying cry to get this team back on track. It's a disaster in Jacksonville right now. And, you know, I'm really interested to see how they operate moving forward because if Urban Meyer does not have the backing of his players, then things can go even more downhill very fast. Well, I'm interested in how that all plays a part in this. When you say backing of the players, ultimately the players are have to a job to do, and they're getting paid a lot of money, so they could care less if they like the coach, support him. They still have a job to do. So I'm wondering how, when you say that, a lot of people have said that, what does that actually mean? Because ultimately it didn't matter. He's not on the field playing. Right, right. That's a really good point by you. It's definitely not the same as if this situation kind of happened in college and if it was getting the same amount of attention. These are professional players. That that is definitely a good point. But at the same time, this is kind of the leader of your team, the guy who's constructing not only his coaching staff, but also the game plans coming into each and every weekend. And this is a Jaguars franchise that is looking for some kind of leadership, someone to come into this program and help them get back on the right track. That's what they hoped Urban Meyer would be. So I think that can't be overstated enough. And, you know, that's what it really comes down to is do the players trust their coach and their coaching staff and just the decisions of the franchise in general? Because if they don't, then it seems like they're going to be shouldering the load coming into Sunday. It all comes down to how they perform um, each and every given weekend. And the Jaguars haven't been able to get a win yet. So you're right in the sense of it's a little different than if this happened, you know, at Ohio State or Florida or Utah or what have you. But, I mean, it still speaks to more adversity that these players have to deal with when they already have enough adversity on their plates, in my opinion. Well said. We're on with uh, Jordan Dejani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. I guess one more for me, and that is Stephon Gilmore is one of only four defensive backs to get defensive player of the year, uh, I think, in the history of the NFL, if I'm wrong, correct me. Uh, man, he only he garnered a six-round draft pick. I, I was assuming that it would be at least middle rounds. But, man, six-round, man, I, I think the Titans, six-round, I would have gave a six-round for – for Stephon Gilmore, because uh, I think he only would have counted, what, $7 million, I think, is what's left on his contract? Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm definitely glad you brought this up. I would have loved if the Titans made a move like this to bring in a veteran to play defensive back. But, I mean, it, it's a fascinating kind of juncture here because 
the Panthers, you know, they, they're looking to keep up their reputation of having one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they made this big addition. With the, the biggest part, which makes this a home run hire or addition or trade or whatever you want to say, is that according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, Gilmore and the Panthers are open to him playing out the final year of his deal. That's important because I thought when a trade came to fruition, maybe kind of a under-the-table handshake would come saying that Gilmore would be signing an extension because, of course, that was the big risk with the Patriots this offseason. And it sounds like the Panthers are going to get a chance to look at this veteran defensive back. And if he's not exactly the same player, then they don't have to sign him to an extension because they're not tied to him. That's what makes this a home run addition. But as for the Patriots, I mean, all is not necessarily lost. I mean, a six-round pick is better than just releasing him. And it sounds like there were a lot of interested teams, but they couldn't get – um, something that in return that they necessarily wanted, at least what, you know, what, uh, what he's worth, if you will. So the Patriots save a little bit on cap. The biggest deal is they kept him away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they dealt him to actually a divisional rival of Tom Brady. So that's pretty <laughs> nice as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, he's worth more than a future six round pick, but it, it didn't seem like at this point in time that he was going to be able to draw that for the Patriots. Yeah, didn't he play in South Carolina, too, as well? Mm-hmm. He did. Oh, sure oh, did. Yeah. So, well, Rock with Jordan Jajani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Um, <clears throat> Jordan, this uh, this has been such an interesting year because teams are, are trading people in the midseason. They're cutting people. The Cowboys cut Jalen Smith. And I think when that happened, there were people who said, okay, I'm just going to wait to hear what bad thing must have happened. I still haven't heard of anything Nothing. that happened. And, and here's the deal. You may not, okay, we're going younger. Okay, it's a 17-game season. You may really need a player like him sometime. That's a pretty big move just to go, yeah, we're just, we're just cutting him loose. Yeah, I agree with you. But at the same time, this was something that people were trying to predict even in the preseason with the additions they made at linebacker through the draft. I mean, Jabril Cox and then obviously Micah Parsons as well. Jalen Smith, unfortunately, just hasn't looked like the same player he was coming out of Notre Dame. I mean, He's, he's struggling to move laterally, and he's struggling in pass coverage as well. So that's why people in the preseason were kind of hypothesizing that maybe a parting of ways would be further down the line here. And sure enough, midseason, that's exactly what took place. Uh, I thought that maybe they could have dealt him away for a late-round draft pick. I don't yeah. know what talks were behind closed doors with that. But Jalen Smith is still a player that you know is good in run support. Um, he's still a, a legitimate starting linebacker, but he's not necessarily the guy you want keying on on number one tight ends and also number one re- receiving backs coming out of the backfield and coverage. So I, I want to put this out there too. Keep, keep an eye on the Washington football team. Uh, of course, the rival of the Cowboys. I feel like they could be a team that's primed to make a move for him. They just suffered a, a uh, season-ending injury to John Bostic at linebacker, who was not a guy who covered, but he was a guy who was very good at run support. Jalen Smith might be a fit in the NFC East. Were this a 16-game season still, it's 17. But let's do this. It, technically, the first quarter of the season is over. Your best surprise team or player in a good way and in a bad way, roughly a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, for team, uh, I'm going to roll with the Arizona Cardinals right now. Uh, they, of course, are the lone remaining undefeated team in the NFL. I think they look a lot better on offense. Not to say they didn't look good on offense in years past with Kyler Murray, but I'm seeing a lot of good misdirection and just getting the balls into their hands of their playmakers. And I like the addition of Rondell Moore as well. Their running backs and James Conner and Chase Edmonds are fantastic especially if you play fantasy football. I really like what Cliff Kingsbury is doing here. And it's funny because he was one of the prospective coaches on the 
so-called hot seat, if you were entering this year. People kind of thought the Cardinals might disappoint, and they've done everything but through the first quarter of the season. So they, they reside in the toughest division in the NFL, no doubt about that, but they've looked very sharp through the first four weeks of the season. Now, as for a team that's disappointed, I got to go probably go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. I, I feel like the narrative entering this season was really negative towards the Steelers, and I was on the other side of the fence. It made me want to be positive about this franchise because they should have one of the top defenses on paper. That probably should have um, helped stand up Ben Roethlisberger. I know he's not the same quarterback he was, but I like the addition of Najee Harris. They have really good wide receivers. I thought the offense would at least look serviceable, especially with the backing of what was supposed to be a really good defense this year. But to be honest with you, both sides of the ball for the Steelers have looked very bad. I'm disappointed in the defense. Ben Roethlisberger looks like he's quickly on his way out of the league. Najee Harris hasn't been able to do enough. I thought the Steelers were going to be a team that maybe could grab a wild card, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen at all. So I'm pretty disappointed in the Steelers for the week four. Jordan Dejani, our guest at Jordan Dejani on Twitter from CBS Sports talking NFL football. Well, Jordan, you were just talking about Arizona. So is Kyler Murray the leading candidate for MVP? What's your top three? Ooh, top three. That's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I, I can tell you that Kyler Murray definitely is the front runner in my mind. I mean, he's a guy, obviously, a former number one overall pick who's taken steps forward in every year. And now we're seeing the best Kyler Murray possible. He looks like he's getting quicker, like every game. It's impossible <laughs> to tackle him. The only guy who can tackle him is himself when he slips up on those runs. So he, he's just getting better and better. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's actually a good question. I'll have to check out these MVP midseason rankings when I get off the phone with you. But right now, Kyler Murray is definitely number one. All right, what do you think about the – I think they're doing the color rush. You may want to check on that with the Rams Seahawks on Thursday night. Uh, who do you see winning this one? Yeah, that's going to be a fun game. I, I love that we're seeing two NFC West battles and back-to-back – or four NFC West battles back-to-back with the four teams facing off. I think that's pretty fun because, like I said, these are the best uh, – or this is the best division in the NFL – You know, I think it's in Seattle, but I'm leaning towards the Rams. They got punched in the mouth last week very quickly by the Cardinals, and I think that's how you have to take Matthew Stafford and company down. I think that's a formula to success. Make sure you get up on the scoreboard scoreboard early. Are the Seahawks necessarily going to be able to do that? On top of that, I've, I've been very disappointed by Seattle's defense. I think that was the perceived weak spot of this roster entering the 2021 season, and sure enough, they have not held up their end of the bargain when it comes to Seattle's high-powered offense. So the defense is probably going to struggle in containing guys like Ben Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, a player that Sean McVay wants to give even more touches to. They got Daryl Henderson back, obviously. So I'm leaning towards the Rams on Thursday Night Football, but it should be a very fun affair. Jordan Giazzani, uh of CBS Sports, NFL writer. Jordan, on the way out, uh, what are you working on that people need to jump on cbssports.com and give a uh, and give a read there? Yeah, for sure. So I just actually published a column kind of breaking down the Stephon Gilmore trade. I graded each side for the Panthers and Patriots. There's more facets to this deal than is probably on the surface, so I think that's an interesting read. Um, later on in the week, we're going to have gambling previews for select games, and also I'll be releasing my gambling column tomorrow make sure you give that a read if you like making money i went 11 and 5 against the spread last week Ooh. currently number two in the company mm. at cbs sports so hop on to the Jamie dimes trade let's make some money man i love it <laughs> jordan good stuff <laughs> man uh, we'll money. give you we'll let you go we'll let you count your money and uh then we'll check in next week and see how the bank account's looking 
Absolutely. You guys are great. Thank you. Yes, sir. Jordan Azani talking all things NFL. Same segment every week. Uh, you can always Uh-oh. catch up with him and catch oh, up with they us. They got to tune in. Somebody practice for the Titan. Dun, dun, dun. Breaking news. Yeah. Next, Blaine and Mickey. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. My mom just sent me a message. She's listening in Arkansas. Hey, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom. Oh, man. I, I thought you were, you were up there talking to the people on, uh, on Twitterverse. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, I had a, a text from Connie Ryan. She said, I'm listening. You said the weather is nice there. I think that's what she said. Oh, man. It, yeah. It, it sound, all of a sudden, this is out light bright, man. They, they, the sun uh, is excited about the new unis for Tennessee. Oh, she sent me a very nice message. She said, I heard It's a Beautiful Morning by the Rascals on the radio earlier. I heard this song right after I found out I was pregnant with you. It brought back some happy memories. I wanted to see you, so I watched you on the computer. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, how nice, man. That is super. Oh, wow. It's got me in my feelings. I'll make your day. That is, man, it's okay. You can, you can uh, you know, wipe those tears off. Whew, man, <laughs> that's very, very nice. Um, but, but a lot of people are not crying now. Who practiced? With the Titans. Blaine Bishop, uh, but the nope. quick Twitter fingers caught this this news. It's not just one, not one, not, not two, two, but three. <laughs> so back at practice today, and I saw on Jim Weitzer, he had video, Caleb Farley practicing football. For the Tennessee <laughs> practicing Titans. football. Like yes. <laughs> Caleb Farley was in a uniform, like two-tone blue. I saw it. Oh, my. Also. Bud Dupree Ooh. in a uniform practicing football. Dupree. Per John Glennon, now I saw those two videos from Jimmy Wyatt. He adds this, A.J. Brown back at practice. Now, me likey, all that. Here's, here's what people are not going to likey. Not spotted during the open portion of practice. Um, Julio Jones, Brett Kern, Westbrook Aquina, Derrick Henry, Jeremy McNichols, Chris Jackson, um, Jayon Brown, Ben Jones, McMath, Hudson, and Simmons. A long list of folks who uh, were not available today. So it offsets some of the good news with some bad news. Oh, well, I think half of that list, though, is going to be playing. Well, I mean, the King, he's oh, on there. King is like, he should be eating grapes in the recliner on the sidelines after what he went through on Sunday, 35 car wrecks. I would assume Simmons, but you just never know. Racy McMath, obviously a depth guy. Tommy Hudson, the tight end, a depth guy, too. But yeah, Westbrook, Aquina, Chris he's, Jackson. He's a starter. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he was still doing special teams too in that game. If Chris, okay, this is something you brought up earlier this week. They wound up playing. I, I saw, I, I think it was 18, and I would give credit, but I saw more than one person, but I would give credit to all of them. I saw people mention how many slot reps um, that Christian Fulton got. I think it was 17 or 18 was the number. So the a game. lot in the second half after Chris Jackson went out. Do you think right now it's Elijah Molden, get out there and you're going to get snaps galore in practice this week in the slot? Or do you think they try to keep uh, Christian Fulton in there again this week if they think, okay, Chris Jackson's not going to be able to go? If that's the case and Chris Jackson can't go. Well, I brought up, I was trying to allude really that how much (laughs) did Christian Fulton even practice in the slot because he's the outside corner. And you got to practice, you know, what you're going to be playing. And so they said they had a package in, you know, for what it's worth. 
uh, with Borders. So maybe they did have him practice in the slot at times, or maybe it was someone else. He just knew that he would be the backup plan there. But that all sounds good on the surface because you're trying to play your best players and not play Molden. That's what it sounds like to me. But then we took our best corner, Christian Fulton, and moved him into the slot versus Crowder, and we then take him off the Jets' best receiver. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here saying we should be doubling them. <laughs> right, so, not, not taking resources right. away. So yeah. once you did that, I'm cool with you. You knew move Fulton to the slot because of you know you didn't you know injuries, but then let's double them. Then at times with borders and a safety. So I I, I just didn't like that whole move. All to try to avoid from playing a young player. In my mind, that that's really they don't think he's quite ready. Well, I mean. Hey, man, he, he's got to learn at some point. I, I thought a matchup with him and Crowder was, you know, I thought, okay, that's that's a decent matchup. He can I think he should be able to handle that. Yeah. But you don't know how much he's handling the, the mental side of the you know, the adjustments mm-hmm. in the game. We're not there. We don't, we're not in the meetings. We don't know what he's doing at practice. So we have no idea. So maybe he kept messing up on some things that he messed up in the Seattle game. Yeah. But I said, hey, man, at some point, I mean, he wants to be successful too. I mean, man, we <laughs> – when you need a player and you have guys go down, that's what you know your rookie year is all about. Get in there and step up for a game or two or plays or two, a series or two, or whatever it may be. Uh, and he seems like he's you know that kind of a worker, though. Not only just off the field, but also in the classroom. He seems like a really sharp football player. And it's a it's a third round pick. You know, I mean, it's it's a that's a guy who should be contributing. You know, you spend those kind of resources. Well, if somebody goes down, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Got to live with what you got. Yeah, that's what makes the NFL so fun, though. Every week, up and down roller coaster. Why? Well, we only had so many guys available that are elite guys. Yeah. Well, the Jets had the, all their elite guys up. Well, pretty much, except for the safeties. Yeah. <laughs> well. You know who practiced today. How do they respond tomorrow? Do some of the injured guys come back tomorrow? Of course, we'll have all that for you. We'll talk Titans, uh, Vols, South Carolina, all that as the week continues. Right now, though, it's time for 3HL next on this rascal. Yeah, happy Wednesday. And as always, from Blaine and Mickey show. You know it. Peace! Peace.